You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, this is Dom from Vent. You're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. This is Sergio Anello of the early November, and you're listening to We Podcast and We Know Things. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as almost always, the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Oh, Greg, you're too kind to me. Thank you, Sam, but it's not about you today. It's not about me today. We are joined by Brooklyn-based jazz grunge punk pop trio uh, uh, and hater of Boiler Point interview questions, the worst humans, Ian. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. No problem, man. It's good to have you on the show. Uh, we're going to jump right into the questioning today. We do want to know, um, like I said, we, we have Ian from The Worst Humans on today. You are a trio. So how long have the three of you been playing music together? Um, so there have been a, a few people that have come in and out of the band. Uh, the three of us together have been playing for, I think, about a year and a half now. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, the drummer Chris and the bassist Steve and me playing guitar and singing. And uh, like my friend Tom keeps calling it, it's uh, the power trio. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I get behind that. Were all three of you guys self-taught musicians? Um, I, I can't speak for the other two, but for me, I, I got lessons when I was much younger. And then I... I guess I sort of grew out of them and then I started teaching myself how to play guitar from like I think from like 16 or 17 to now which is like the last 10 years so I'm 27 now you said in uh, this is where the questions are going to start to get weird uh, you, you said in another interview that you can't have a desk job because it'll make you miserable why is that? Oh, because I've had a desk job, and yeah. it has made me miserable. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just, you, you sit there all day, you know, the, you, you, like me personally, I need to be moving and grooving. Absolutely, but I I, I, um, I used to work, and I love being a journalist, and I liked going to, and going to college for English was wonderful, and I had a blast doing it, but um, where I worked down on Wall Street, um, it was the, that was the, where the headquarters of the, of the publication was. And sitting at a desk from nine to five was just nauseating. And mm-hmm. waking up at like six thirty in the morning to catch like a seven thirty um, subway to maybe make it to work on time at like nine o'clock, nine fifteen was just god awful. I couldn't. Stand <laughs> it. So what? I think in the same interview you said if I wasn't doing this, it's basically this or bust. Do you have any other like? I'm 65 years old, grand plans for down the line of what you'd like to be doing if you wouldn't be doing this? Uh, I definitely would like to be a, a teacher. I think that would be awesome. I'd love to be a professor, but I'd have to go to more schooling for that. And I don't know if I have it in me what would, to go back to school at this point. What would be your subject? I'd literature. I'd love to teach. Um, I'd love to be a professor in literature of mm-hmm. some sort. Some kind of literature. I can't imagine, though, if you said a nine to five will make you miserable sitting in class. Uh, I mean, I already like as a side thing. I I use I teach kids music. That's um, cool. Two days a week, and it's been. I thought that I wouldn't like it. I thought that I wouldn't care for it. But I've come to really enjoy it. I mean, I, I actually look forward to it every week. So I think maybe. 
I mean, they're obviously not college kids. They're not old enough to be college kids. But um, and in whatever capacity it is with working with kids or students, uh, I think I could deal with it. I think I could actually handle it. And I think it would be sort of fun. But like I said before, I mean, I, I, it would be it would be subpar compared to being like a, a full time musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I like to think the same. I am unfortunately. Uh, one of the folks in a desk job. <laughs> um, my, I guess, I guess it's more like eight to six for me, not the nine to five. I'm on a, I'm on a special type of grind, I, and I'm yeah. with, and I'm with you. You know, there's a million things I'd love to do. That's why I do this on the side is basically to stay sane. Totally, a hundred percent. And we're 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 nerds. We like music, TV. It's not just focused on our desk job only. You know. Yeah, I get that, and I mean, I think even even with me with doing like this band or other bands that I've been in before and we've been doing well, I've always had a side thing. And I think it's good to have a, like you said, for your sanity or just to keep busy. Like, I, not even like, to, not even to make money. Yeah. Just to keep yourself busy, just to keep your mind going. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I can get lost in my thoughts sometimes and the worst place on earth to get lost is in my head. Uh, so I'm totally down with keeping myself not only distracted, but this is fun. Like I wake up, we record our normal episodes Saturday mornings at seven. We've already done a two hour episode today, uh, before this interview. Whoa. I know. <laughs> I know. We're morning people. We're morning folks. Um, I'm used to it from waking up early to go to work and stuff, but it's almost gotcha. like we do that so we can have the rest of the day. But it's like every night before I go to bed, I do a little bit of work on the show. I put a new design on the website for the for the store. I We do research on some stories. We do research for our interviews, much like today's. So, I mean, there is always something for this. And I'm totally with you. You know, we talk a lot. We've already talked a lot of, uh, about, like – Things that aren't the worst humans. Let's talk a little bit about the band. You guys just released a new single. It's called What I'm All About. Now, you have continuously harped on boredom and being bored when speaking about the song. Uh, you know, I also read that it's about 2009 to 2013 was like your inspiration for the tune. Uh, why focus on, yeah. the, on that? Um, well, those years were the years that I was in college and, and I, and I dug college. Like I dug, uh, that I dug my teachers, I dug the things that I was learning. I, I made a, a really cool group of friends. I had a, a nice little band, a nice little folk band when I was in college. But That's cool. um I'm I'm a I don't know how to I don't know how to say it appropriately, but I, I'm I'm like a I'm a huge loner. Mm-hmm. So I, I usually stick to myself. I usually do most of my things by myself. And when you're in college everybody seems to um rally around hanging out all the time. I mean, even if it's just going to your buddy's house to smoke weed and watch TV, it was like mm-hmm. people were always around other people. And I don't know if I was incapable of doing that, but I spent a lot of time by myself. And so with that came a lot of boredom. Mm-hmm. And, um, and when I, and I, I smoked a lot of weed in college. I mean, I did a lot of partying in college. I did a lot of things I shouldn't have done in college. Sure. And a lot of things that ended up sticking around after when I got out of college that I wish that I had gotten rid of was in college like addiction wise but um so a lot of those years were just spent with me like in my room either reading a book uh what i'd have to read for my my courses or um or just walking around the city just trying i mean again it's not like i didn't have friends but i uh i just preferred to be alone and i guess being alone you know is conducive to being bored and like with the nine to having a nine to five job it just it made me oddly miserable 
And um, as much as I wanted to break it and wanted to hang out with people, I felt it was hard. I felt socially awkward or socially inept to doing so, even though I did have friends. But so I guess the song really comes from those moments of sitting at home, being very, um, being very uh, self-conscious, very um, self-serving, or just being being very self-centered, just thinking about myself and thinking about no one else but myself. And just kind of, you know, going off on a tangent like that, just being bored and miserable and wanting to die. (laughs) I think that you kind of put it um, pretty perfectly when you said social ineptitude. Like you have that, you're almost, you almost become bad at it. It's socialism is almost like a skill. And if you don't refine it and hang, and you know, you're not at the bar with groups of people, you almost lose how to become social. And I actually, this isn't necessarily a, a question, more of a statement, but like I find myself or have found myself in the past and that's in a similar ilk where I used to be the social butterfly where I was the center of attention wherever I went, specifically in college. And we've all had that time and afterwards for a few years. And then I met my now, well, not met. I started dating my now wife and then you move in together and then you're hanging out at home a lot. And then you get engaged and you have to save money for the wedding. So you go out even less and then you get married and now you're married and you're newlyweds and you want to stay inside and be together. And I, and I found myself getting really bad at being social. So I'm, I'm with you on that. It almost is like a skill you have to refine. Yeah, it's like it's like it's a discipline. Yeah, yeah. almost like you're like having to like go out. Yeah, it's like I um I feel I feel you on that because when I if I don't go out for a while, if I like say take like three or four or five nights off in my life now, I usually come back to it with um I try to come back in a different headspace, but I can't. I, I it's hard to interact with people. It's hard to talk to people, and having to mince words with people is the single most boring, nauseating thing I've ever had to do in my life. Yeah, small talk is a bitch. That is... I can't fucking stand it. <laughs> Honestly, like, it, like, I would rather die than have to sit there and be like, oh, so how's, how's your mom doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or how's yeah, the weather how's today? Doing all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get it. It's hot out. We know that. <laughs> We're in the same place. Yeah, it's like... Like, dude, yeah, I got it. Like, great. I'm so happy your trip to LA was fucking awesome. But like, I don't fucking care, man. Yeah, I hear you. And oh, it's 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 funny too because um, it's so much easier especially in the age we live in with all the devices we have hooked up to the internet, it's so much easier just to stay home. So I almost find myself sometimes just thinking of excuses to say no to people to hang out. And I know that my friends that are listening to this have caught on to me now and I'm sorry. It's like you used that excuse already. (laughs) But it's true sometimes where I'm like, it's just so much easier to stay inside. I don't feel like going out. I'm totally with you on that. And that's why I think Sam and I relate to the new single. Oh yeah, and I mean, but I mean, like, like with with technology, with phones and social media, I mean, it just it distances you so much from people, and it complete keeps you completely detached from any kind of social landscape. I mean, it's supposed to bring us all together. It's supposed to globalize us and make the world seem smaller. But really, it's just putting up a divide between you and everybody else in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you seem to, to, to focus on songs that have messages for people that are struggling with, with everyday life that, you know, that they can relate to. But you could, like, you could uh-huh. sense an uplifting message, almost a warning to the listeners not to be like you, your trials and tribulations. Is that the message, or, or was I reading that wrong? A hundred percent. No, okay. no, that's, that's totally it. Um, and I think that some people might 
because we're not we're not like a famous band. I'm not a famous person. We're um, I don't think we have like a, a very huge listenership. But um, the whole idea, especially we put out a song called "We're on Drugs," it's not to be like it's not for me to condone uh, kids being on drugs, kids doing drugs. It, it all had to do with uh, psycho psychotropic medications, so things that have to deal with depression and anxiety and, yeah. and anything of of that nature. And the, what, what I was trying to say is what I'm trying to say through all of this is that I kind of lay myself on the line with, um, with how, with who I am. I, I really kind of put myself out there. I try and in all my songs, there's something, there's always a statement of who I am or a thesis of what I'm trying to say. And it's like you said before, it's, it's not necessarily to not be like me, but it's kind of to, to not feel alone. In a, in, a, in a sense. So I, if you're feeling sad or depressed or you're feeling like you can't stop doing drugs or you feel like you are are so incredibly, um, ab- like you find like just the everyday minutia just abhorring, um, you can find a way you can connect with, with, uh, with these songs and you can find a way and you can find some sort of sense of being because you'll realize that you're not alone in any of this. And that someone else is going through it, and someone else is going through it so much that they're writing songs about it. And so, yeah, I guess maybe in a way it's it's to it's using me as a as an example of what not to be yeah. mm-hmm. because I am very self deprecating, and I'll be like, oh no, fuck that, you don't want to be like me, you don't want to be like me. But really, I just want any kids who are listening to it to just kind of find a sense of belonging. I mm-hmm. guess if if to, if to really just break it down to just a sentence, it's to find a sense of belonging. Well, it takes a certain type of person to you know. You said earlier that you're a, a smaller band, and um, that uh, just like I said a minute ago, like we we do have our little corner of the internet, but we're not like this big booming podcast, top 10 on the iTunes charts, but the people that listen to us are loyal listeners. And I feel like the same thing with your music, you kind of do the same thing. You write songs for the people that love your band and yeah, you want to attract new people, but you write the tunes for the existing fan that already says, this is how I'm feeling. I completely understand where you're coming from and you know, hell yeah, like I'm with you. And that's like the perfect type of thing to make. You don't have to be Bon Jovi. You can be you and you can be your, the type of artist you want to be while also connecting to the fans that you have existing. hundred percent. I totally agree with that. <clears throat> now, I, I mean, this is just me personally. I consider you guys, your music is like a jazz grunge punk. What was the process for you guys to like go in a room and kind of bring in your own sound? Um, so in the beginning, a lot of these songs were written when I was out on, when I was out touring with um, my other band, with my band before this, and so a lot of those songs were just written by me, either like in the back of a van or the back of a bus or when I would come home and be here on tour, I mean, off of tour, when I'd get off of tour and I'd be home. Um, so a lot of it really just stemmed from me playing an acoustic guitar. So a lot of it is really folk based, I guess you'd say. But I, so the two, the other two guys in the band come from NYU and they're, they're big into jazz yeah. and having two jazz people in a band that, that labels itself as like a grunge punk outfit really adds like a lot of really adds an interesting sort of, uh, I, I guess maybe dimension or maybe a different kind of color. Okay. And with Nina Simone, cause the, the publication I used to work for, that I used to write for was like a jazz classical arts oriented publication. 
So I actually found Nina Simone through working at that publication when I got out of college. And I just, and she was one of the main topics that I just, I fell in love with her. And so from that point forward, once I discovered her, I, I had to take certain details from her sound and I had to put it into our music because it was just, it's so, it's just, it's such great songwriting and she's just such a phenomenal talent that it to not be influenced by that or to not use that when it's been um, given to me, like at this publication, me discovering her that way would just be, would just be stupid. It would just be nonsense not to want to bring in a jazz influence or a folk influence or any sort of influence into just this, like, instead of it just being like nineties grunge, which is what everyone loved to pigeonhole us as, even though I never had the idea of wanting us to be a grunge band. That kind of just happened completely on accident. (laughs) Now I said, uh, before we went on the air, which is always the best parts of the interview is the, the, the pre and post, uh, going on the air piece, but um, I said it, and I even kind of mentioned in the intro that you're not necessarily a fan of the boilerplate question. For the people out there that don't know what a boilerplate question is, it's like the typical response. Think of an athlete after a game; they get asked the same question. It's almost like a standard response they already have ready to go. Um, but for you, the, for you, the easy route when talking about Brooklyn, which is where you guys really have found your, your niche and, and are from, uh, could be the music scene and what it's like trying to make it in New York. I'm sure you've heard it a thousand times, so I'm going to hit you with a deeper cut. Let's talk about my favorite okay. part of New York, the pizza. Uh, where is the best spot in, in Brooklyn? <laughs> yeah. Where's the best spot in Brooklyn to grab a slice? Well, I mean, if you are if you live in Williamsburg, you go to Joe's. I mean, that's just, that's like, without a doubt, you go to Joe's Pizza. Joe's Pizza is like the best pizza some of the best pizza I ever had. If you want to get like gourmet, good pizza, um, there's like Grimaldi's. Um, I, forget, I forget, there's one that's right at the foot of the Brooklyn Bridge that's really good too. I keep, for the love of me, I can't remember it, but there's Joe's Pizza, which is sick. <laughs> or you can go to Percy's and get a dollar slice in yes. the West Village, which is, which is amazing. I love Percy's. Sure. What's your favorite kind of pizza? I'm a, normal ass dude i just get a straight up cheese slice yeah baby me too there's nothing wrong with that. i don't need anything fancy yeah. on my pizza i love it i don't need meatballs i don't need that shit <laughs> uh it's cool because like, honestly like a good a really good like buffalo chicken slice from danny's pizzeria you can add, I, I could go on, and on i'm drooling right now i'm I starving love, I, yeah like a good like a good buffalo chicken slice from danny's pizza like yeah. uh, by uh, meserol is oh, it's amazing. It's so good. Now, we're, we're over here in Philadelphia, uh, and Philly's got some good eats, too. Um, there's actually, it's funny you bring up the dollar slice. We actually have a place. Wait, wait, wait. Okais, wait. So, wait. So, where's, where's, your, where's your Philly cheesesteak place? Oh, geez. <laughs> it's a tale as old as time, Ian. It's a tale as uh, old as time. Yeah. I, I am, if I had to go with the big two, the Pats or the Genos, I'm going yeah. Genos over Pats. But I think the best spot is, it's called Jim's Roast Pork. Um, it's not a, it's not necessarily a cheesesteak shop, but Jim's roast pork, okay. seated roll. It's like a foot and a half, meat cooked perfectly, toasty bun on the outside, soft in the middle. Can't get enough of it. I think I'm oh, going man, to Gino's. Amazing. Oh God, I love cheesesteaks so much. Every time I'm in Philly, well, I, I get three cheesesteaks. I usually eat one and then take two with me wherever I'm going. <laughs> Gotta plan ahead. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, it's but we it's we so they're so good. 
I did not when in our doing our research for this interview. I promise I didn't find anything about the pizza thing. I just wanted to change up the questions about Brooklyn because you get the same one yeah. every time. Um, oh yeah, totally. I'm sure I'm sure you're a little biased on this next pizza follow up question here. Uh, but before I ask it, I want to finish this. The Philly uh, thing is we actually have a dollar slice place here. The guy opened it up, but what he does is the whole wall is lined with post-it notes and you can buy a slice for a dollar and you can then donate a dollar to the person for the next slice. And that's where like a lot of the folks that don't have homes or maybe the people that don't have a buck on them can come in and get a free slice by taking a post-it off the wall and and cashing it in. And nobody takes advantage of it. It's like the most awesome honor system you'd ever see. I've never heard of it before. That's amazing. And he makes bank doing it. He's a kid our age. Worth. Th- I'm 30. Sam's 28, 29, 29. 29. And he's about our age, just killing it. And like flip the dollar slice like on its head. I don't know the name of the place right now, but shout out to that guy uh, for doing it right. <laughs> yeah, seriously, that's that's amazing. Yeah, man. I mean that's that's so helpful for them passing it. I mean, what's it called when you pass on karma or whatever? That's good karma. Forward. That's it. pay it forward. Pay it forward. Yeah. 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 As, and yeah. so again, you're you may be a little biased on this next one, but you go in New York style or Chicago deep dish. Oh, dude, New York style. Damn right. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a, that should be yeah. the only answer. Yeah. If if I turn, you know, when I turn 31, my birthday cake will be a Chicago deep dish. It's too much <laughs> bread for me. I can't do all the bread. <laughs> now here's I, another uh, fun one for not, you. It's, it's not that I don't like deep dish pizza. I've had deep dish pizza when I, when I've toured through Chicago, but it's it's nothing like New York pizza. It can't compare. It so can't good. compare. The, yeah. Now, if you had a blank ticket to see any band in the history of music, living or you know dead, who would it be, and how much would you pay for it? Oh man, uh, I mean, I, I'd have to go see Nirvana. I'd have to go see Nirvana with Kurt, and like, I, I that's just he's always he's always been. Um, they've always been like my favorite band since I was a little little boy, and so it'd have to be them. Um, I'd love to go see Dylan in, at Newport Folk Festival at 65 to see him go electric. I think oh, that wow, might yeah. Be it. Hmm. Yeah. If I, for me, I would go like, with the I, Doors. I, I, but what, what would you say? Sorry. I said if I was going to pick a band, I would pick the Doors, and I would probably pay any amount of money to go see them. They've been my favorite oh, band for years. Would be sick. That'd be yeah. amazing to go see that. I feel like my you answer is not cool Morrison? anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I feel like my answer is not cool, cool anymore. It might be. I'd, I'd drop a couple thousand bucks to go see Freddie. I, I was going to say, Queen would be your only comeback answer. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I would give anything well, to that's, see Freddie. I, I, think that's, I think that's totally acceptable. I think, honestly, I would I'd pay any amount of money to go see any of, one, of the ones that we mentioned, of what you guys mentioned too, I'd pay to go see any of them. Same. I'd go. And when we like guessed beforehand, we threw out Nirvana as something yeah, you might say. That's the first band I heard. I was like, mm, sounds like, you know, similar to Nirvana. I really like the sound. Yeah. Now, in a previous interview, you yeah. said that you don't think that really full albums are as relevant as, let's say, a single nowadays. Uh, why do you think that is? With Spotify. Yeah. With streaming yeah. services. Um, they, they've really kind of come in and turned the music business on its head. Uh, so you don't get paid as much. Uh, for streaming as you do is if someone goes out and buys an album of yours, which isn't necessarily what I have a, a gripe with. Uh, I have my, my biggest issue is that it really, like the pool of musicians, I was watching an interview with James Taylor the other day and he said it very, he put it in a very, he put it into words that I couldn't, that I can't really put it into, but he said something to the effect of um, when he was, when he was starting out, uh, it was very hard to get yourself heard. So 
getting your foot into the door, opening the door was, was much harder. And now that you can record yourself anywhere at any point in time, the door is always open. It's much easier to open. But the thing is, when you open the door on the other side are millions of other people who are doing the same thing. And so when you when it's oversaturated like that, it's it's hard for people to find things that they listen to that they like or and to, to, to find um, things that are outside of a playlist, like to find uh, a whole album that they like to listen to instead of just one song. Mm. But because everyone because it's so easy to stream music and because there's so many people and there's so many bands, people only really have the attention span to listen to a song or, or two songs. And if it's geared towards a place or curated into a playlist like new music Friday, Mm -hmm. um, it's only going to be one song. And so people are going to be introduced to your band through that like three and a half minute thesis statement. And I, and maybe it works for some people. It has worked for some people. It's worked for some of my friends' bands. And uh, power to my friends' bands, power to everyone else. But I personally think that it's um, it's devoid of art, and it really is. Um, it makes it hard to be an artist and not to just in three and a half minutes in one song just put a bunch of drops in there and make it really kind of catchy and make it very poppy and make sure that people want to listen to it over and over and over again. Whereas in an album, you can have like one song and it's all supposed to be in the context of some big idea. So you can have like one song that's geared towards this one song that's geared towards that. It doesn't all have to be pushed into one song. All You don't have to make it so heavy with all these elements. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. I hear you. Um, it seems yeah. like it's with all due respect, it seems like you guys would be the band that would try to buck that trend. Yeah. I mean, if we can, yeah, that's the problem. I, I, exactly. I would, I would, lo- I would love to, but it's much easier said than done. Yeah. yeah. Sam and I are in positions. Like I said, I got a, an eight to six and Sam's got a, I will, it's not a nine to five. It's a six thirty to five. It's a six thirty to five and he's on his feet all day. So it's not an office job. The guy like he, he, the safety of many is on the line with, with Sam and what he does, but we tend to be in positions where we can listen to full albums. We actually prefer it. Exactly. Um, I, I subscribe to the whole piece of, if I'm going to support an artist, I want to find out as much content of them as possible and purchase it at all. Yeah, same way. Like When I buy like a new <laughs> CD, I like to hit play from one and listen all the way through. Yeah, yeah same. I, I, um, I, I enjoy making playlists on my phone, and I really enjoy putting in like the time and effort to have like a nice playlist to walk around the city with or when I'm in transit, like on the subways or something like that, that there's, it's really nice to listen to a bunch of my favorite songs all in one. Mm-hmm. But the last album that I listened to, which is from Lord here on called feed noir. It was just, it, it, it reminds me every single time when I find an album that I really enjoy like that, that this is the way to listen to music. So listen to it in the context of a whole album to listen to, what the what the artist had intended everything like or, or how they intended it to be tracked how it intended this song to come after this song or this song to be before that one and it all serves a purpose and when you listen to a great album it makes you realize that curated playlists suck <laughs> <laughs> now we we only have two more questions in the music space but we are a nerdy podcast so we want to turn it over to a few more ender questions after that um but this okay. was this question that i'm about to ask you is the one i'm most intrigued in for this entire interview and i've been wondering this for two weeks straight of i've seen a few people asking you what 2018 has in store for you and you always say something with purple what the hell does that mean <laughs> 
it's supposed to be a ridiculous answer for a ridiculous question. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, we read like it and just laughed. Me a question, like someone's like, what are your plans for 2018? And it's just like, what is this? A fucking like interview for like a job? And so I say something with purple because it, it, it was the first thing that came to mind when they're like, well, what are you, what are you doing for 2018? And I just wanted people to think like, I really mean it. Like, I really mean like, oh no, like we're going to come out with something like it's going to, it's all going to be this huge thing that has to do with purple. And it's like, it, it doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing tomorrow, much less the rest <laughs> know, of 2018. Right? <laughs> they asked me, it's like, well, um, 2018's halfway done. So right. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I have. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I'd like to be in better shape. Yeah. That's about it. My yeah, yeah. Like, um, like I would, I would, I would love to be like one of the one of them asked me, um, like, um, do you have any tour dates that you want to put up? And I said, like, seriously, like, like seriously, like you're like if you just just look, just research my band for like a second, and you'll realize that we're not even on tour yet, yeah, and that this is a bogus question. Why are you even asking? Because like, <laughs> yeah, you knew they didn't do their time, homework. If and like if I am on tour. Like, it's your job mostly to say that these are my tour dates instead of me being like, okay, well, June 20th, we're going to be here. June 15th, we're going to be here. It's like, it's mostly your job to be doing that. <laughs> now, I guess the last music question is more of an open mic night at your favorite comedy club. We want to, uh, I, I love, uh, the show Hot Ones, like First We Feast, anything that First We Feast puts out. I love Sean Evans and what that he does. Is my, that is my, Sean Evans is like one of my favorites. Yeah. Awesome. I try to style. And, I, and, and Hot Ones is one of my favorite interviews, all, all like interview series of all, of all time. And I think that's what I, without the Hot Wings, that's how I try to mimic and style my interview. I'm very, you can't see it, but I'm very handsy. Uh, when I talk and, and he's I, not even Italian, <laughs> and I try to do. Um, well, you you even sound a little bit like him too. Like it's very I can it is reminiscent of that kind of interview. Well, hot damn! That's the, I'm going to record that one. I'm going to put that on my virtual fridge. Yeah. That means a lot to me. Uh, thanks a lot. But like an open mic, this is your chance. Tell the people. I don't want to say what you have going on in your life. That's copyrighted. Um, but tell us what you have going on that maybe we haven't covered so far yet. Is this where I say something with purple? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's all. That's all. Um, I need. That's literally all we need. What do I? Yeah, what, what do I have going on? Um, well, we're currently in the studio. We we're we are sitting on something like like fifteen to sixteen songs of, or we're sitting on like fifteen to sixteen songs in our arsenal that we have yet to release. So we're just kind of going into the studio recording as much as we possibly can writing as much as we possibly can and i'm hoping that by the end of the year we will have um we will have a slew of shows ready all ages shows not just 21 plus because we've only been playing 21 plus shows in new york and Mm -hmm. a lot of our fan base is younger than that and i apologize to them so much because the younger fans are so interactive with us and i love it so much they're the ones that are on our social media that are like trying to talk to us either through direct messaging or even in the comment section of things. And they're just, they're so sweet and they, they love the band so much and they can't come to shows because they're too young. And that still doesn't stop them from listening and still like being there and still tweeting at us or writing to us. And I think that's just rad. Yeah. That's an awesome feeling. So for the rest of, so for the rest of this year, I want to try and do something to, 
to benefit them. I want to, whether it's to give away like some free merch, if, if I need to do that, or if I need to put on like a specific show where all of them could come out to, I really am trying to find the best way to approach it. And so I think that, that I guess, um, what do I have going on? It's probably going to be that me trying to find a way to do some shows where it's all ages where people, all these kids can come out and come hang out with us. That's super cool. That's, awesome. That's really genuine. I like yeah. that a lot. Um, yeah. Hey, anybody? Well, because, man, like, when, when I was, and I'm sure you know it, too, when you were a kid, um, and I don't know if you were as much of a music head as I was when I was a kid. Very much so. I, like, I, wor- I worshipped the bands that I listened to. Like, I I would go out of my way. I, I one time drove all the way to Baltimore with three of my friends just to go see a band called The Dangerous Summer just because we wanted to see them so badly. You like The Dangerous we, Summer, we, huh? We, yeah. All right, there you I go. love awesome. that band. Yeah. Every tattoo I have on my body, but two of them are music related. So every single one. I'm, oh, that's awesome. I'm a music head. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's yeah, but it's and, and but like and like so as you know when you're a kid you just you'll do anything to satisfy that. I mean they, whether it's 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 to listen to stuff that your parents don't want you to listen to or you have to sneak it or sure, or having to drive a long distance to go just to go see a show because it's not going to come near you. I mean those are the kinds of things that really. I, I always try and remember. I always try and keep at the forefront of what I'm doing, so that I can always understand these kids and give them something that makes them feel good. Because Lord knows, I felt miserable as a kid, and I just want to make them not feel so miserable. I was six years old when Green Day Dookie came out, and that was my first cassette tape. And uh, I That's remember, awesome. <laughs> and I remember to your point of like. Your parents almost don't want you to listen to it or you love it so much that I had to fast forward through Longview because of the language in that song, just so they didn't think I was listening to a, a dirty record. Well, isn't Longview all, just, isn't it all about masturbation? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Point proven. Like, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I always had to fast forward. But then you hit like basket case and it's it's still bad. It just yeah. doesn't have the word fuck in it. Yeah. So it's it's a completely... Uh, I don't know. I can't. I can't even. But then I guess. Uh, yeah, I think one of the lines in Longview is when masturbation's lost its fun. fun. Yeah. And then you're fucking lonely or something yeah. like yep. that. And yep. It's just like this is so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's just a quick point though. You said uh, about the kids. Listen, this show it may be uh, an explicit show, if you will, but it's not twenty one and over. So we hope that the folks out there that haven't been able to see you guys live can really get something through this interview. Um, because we, we love that, that you just said that we were looking at each other the whole time yeah. and you gave that answer. Just like, that's the, that's the realest answer. So thank you very much for that. And we hope that everybody out there yeah, is course, enjoying it. No, you know, we are. I, mean, I know, pod. I know that, I know that like, like you said before, I know that I can seem like a right prick through my <laughs> interviews and, and I, and I, and I enjoy doing that, but, um, and I guess maybe in the way I am a right prick, but you're a nice guy I, at heart. Um, to kids, to kids, um, never. I will never be a prick to those kids. I'll never be mean to them. I'll never, I'll never, they'll never be subjected to my character, I guess is what I'm trying to yeah. say. They will always get the realest person out of me. If they ask me anything, if they want anything, if they listen to me, they will always get the real me. Yeah. They'll never get a character. They'll never get some fucking douchebag. And I'll never be too busy for them. I'll never be too caught up in what I'm doing to not stop, talk to them give them something, do whatever I need to do. It's just, it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, that's what it's all about. I guess that's yeah. what I'm all about. <laughs> <laughs> fitting. It's perfect Very title. fitting. Now, 
we are a you yeah. know nerdy podcast, so it's only right that we transfer it over to you know TV music. Were you on any TV recommendations or movies, or were you a gamer at all back in the day? I'm sorry, say again. Now, do you have any, any movies or, or TV shows you can recommend to, to our listeners? Well, I remember one interview, they asked me, like, what my nerdiest thing was. And I think one of my nerdiest qualities is that I'm the biggest Game of Thrones fans ever. Oh. Wait, 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 wait. Before you continue, then. Hold on. Quiz yeah. for you. Quiz for you. What, okay. What, uh, the name of our show is We Podcast and We Know Things. Tell us why. Oh, is that because Jon Snow knows nothing? Like, you know nothing. Oh, oh, close. That's like a good that. Yeah, you were close. That's a good one. No, it's Tyrion Lannister. He, okay. I drink and I know things. Oh, yeah, I drink and I know things. Where are we podcasting? Yep, literally. We so we are huge Game of Thrones oh, fans. Oh, man. That's amazing. <laughs> that eluded me. That's amazing. Yeah, people will... I just, I just always know the uh, the whole, like, you know nothing Jon Snow, because yeah. Egret was one of my favorite characters in all, of John, in all of Game of Thrones. And now they're happily married in real life. <laughs> So yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> they made it a real thing. Yeah, the, yeah, that whole cave love scene that, that they had—it was a little knew, too yeah. real. He knew something, I guess. Yeah, right. It, yeah, he was—he was aware of something. <laughs> it's funny because we—I we get it. We have a longer name to our show. It can be a mouthful, and it can be a lot to type, but. We've had guests on, and when we get to this part of the interview where we talk about the nerdier stuff, the TV, the movies. Um, we yeah. always say to them, hey, this is why we have the name we have. And everyone's like, I never put it together, yeah. but that's awesome. Yeah. So that's why we kept it. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so great. Uh, what was better to you, the Red Wedding or the Purple Wedding? Remind me what the Purple Wedding was. Joffrey dying. Joffrey dying, okay. Um, well, I mean, clearly that was that was the better wedding because having the Starks die in the Red Wedding was absolutely terrifying to yeah me. it was i'm sure it was to most people yeah but to watch joffrey die from poison like that and see how great that they did that on screen and how the cgi was that was awesome yeah was. i'd have to agree with you you want that little motherfucker to die <laughs> so, the whole time. so what, any you see your the conclusion of game of thrones anything you're expecting from this final season um i just i, I want to know who's going to be the prince or princess who was promised. Cause I know, I guess where that stems from, mm-hmm. it can be either a girl or a guy. Right. And the whole, the whole idea, I guess, comes from Azor Ahai, which is, he was, he was the prince that was promised, which stopped the, the first long night, which I guess is what they're going into. And I just, I want to see that. I want to see that flaming sword come out. And I want to yeah. destroy some fucking white walkers. And I want to see them. I want to see these big spiders that these, people ride in on it they keep talking about like in all the literature yeah and I, just, I really want to see what that's all about and is, is it too much to ask for a dragon fight i mean come on dude and there's gonna be like that ice dragon because now uh now the night king has a, has a dragon because of generic so now there's gonna be like a two against one sort of scenario with the dragon fight and they needed and i guess when westeros was con- conquered in the beginning it was because of three dragons and now she's only down to two, which means that she's going to be limited, which means that it's probably not going to happen, which means the Long Night's going to be such a different outcome than we probably can imagine. There's going to be so many, so many deaths. And it's going to be so interesting. Yeah, I have long said since season like two that my ultimate outcome would be the White Walkers prevailing. Then the Night King, the show ends with the Night King sitting on the Iron Throne. The Iron Thr- Throne turns to ice. The camera zooms in quickly on his eyeball and then fades. 
fades to black. Boom, I'm done. That's it for me. Dude, that's so cool. That's <laughs> so cool. He's been saying that for a while, so I can back off it's his years story. and years I've that been is, saying that. That is such a cool ending. Oh my god. That'd be amazing. <laughs> I mean, I kind of hope the White Walkers Sagan. lose, but if they do win, I do like Greg's idea. Sagan? He said that he he uh, he hopes that the White Walkers lose, but if they do win, that it would be with my idea. So, uh, any oh, other? Yeah, I really hope. I mean, your idea would be killer, be killer ending. <laughs> any other uh, shows that I, I, this one's tough that you feel that passionately about? Because it sounds like you're pretty passionate yeah. about game. Any other shows or movies that you yeah, feel yeah. like that? Um, I um, I'm a huge huge family guy fan i watched i've watched every episode of family guy i think at least 20 times now you're talking same 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 here greg gave up on family guy and i told him was like dude it's still funny give it a chance but he refuses to do it i still buy all the dvds and i bang them all out when i get it oh dude it's so fucking funny and it's so topical like these new episodes come out they're so like on point they're right they're right up on the edge with you. Oh, they push they're the envelope. That are happen- I mean, they're dealing with things that are in the news, like, right now. And, yeah. And Seth MacFarlane, is, he's, he's so brilliant with he's this He's a writing. genius. But, but, mm, but so- it's, one of the, it's one of those things that, growing up, I, uh, I because of all this sadness that I had as a kid, that was always, like, the show that just always brought me out of my element. It always made me feel um, less... It made me feel a little bit more detached from reality, and I could kind of—it was escapism. Yeah. Watching a, me watching Family Guy was just total escapism, and I really appreciate something like that. And, and I, so that show has a place of has a special place in my heart. Any chance do you follow the real life Peter Griffin on Instagram? No, I don't. What? He's hilarious. Follow you this, have to follow this guy. Real life Peter Griffin. He looks just like him. Sounds just like him. And Dresses I be- just. And like I him. believe he just released him fighting the giant chicken. It's it's actually a really good. Oh no, shit! It's a go really on good Instagram follow. and check out. You're gonna laugh your ass off. It's a really good follow, actually. I felt that same way about oh South Park. I, I'm, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I felt the same way you did about Family Guy. And I was totally into Family Guy like that. But I think around season seven, eight, it kind of lost me. I feel like South Park has done that to me for the last 22 years that it's been around as this yeah. topical type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I used to love South Park as a kid. And it was and probably because it was one of those things that was banned. I wasn't allowed to watch it when I was really <laughs> yeah, yeah. So whenever. Whenever I had a moment to watch it, I usually kind of like soaked it up because it was like, oh man, I'm not allowed to be doing this. But South Park, over the years, it's just it's just not funny anymore. And it, that's a, it's a huge bummer because I just thought that show was so brilliant. Mm-hmm. And those guys, Matt Stone and Trey Parker, are really brilliant. Yeah, and sure. Like the Book of Mormon is actually a very, it's a brilliant, it's brilliantly written. It's very well done. Mm-hmm. Aside from it being incredibly hilarious. It's just, it's just a, it's just, it's a work of art. And uh, with South Park, you've just seen though that it's kind of gotten a little too, it's gone a little too far up its own ass. Sure, I think. sure, I can see that. Yeah. I'm speaking of the Book of Mormon. I'm actually going to be in New York City next Sunday, a week from tomorrow, uh, on Broadway. I will not be seeing the Book of Mormon. I'm taking my wife to see Frozen. <laughs> what the hell? Oh no, shit! Yeah. Wow. Okay. So. I, That's cool. Are you guys big Frozen fans? She is. I am not. He's got to do it for the wife. I got to do it for her. This was one of my wedding presents to her was these tickets. So, gotcha. Uh, well, that, well, then you're very nice. 
you're a very nice husband. Yeah, he has his moments. I, I, I have my moments. Yeah, like she has to go to Target. I tell her to go fuck herself. <laughs> you should go. And I and I know I'm just being like I'm like every other person saying this, but if you get the moment, if you get a moment to, you should go see Hamilton. Hamilton is worth the hype. It's as good awesome. as people say it is. I didn't expect it to be. I went in to go see it. I was like, there's no way it's going to live up to the hype, and it fucking did. It's that fucking good. It's got a lot of hype yeah. going for it, so I'm and it's yeah, still selling out. It's so like, it, it, there's there's a reason why there's a lot of hype. Yeah. Cool. That, that, that's good to hear from somebody who's actually seen it, as opposed to just read a bunch of yeah. online reviews. Yeah, no, totally. I went to go my uh, for my mother's birthday. Uh, her, my sister, and I, and our our dad went to go see it, and it was so sick. That's cool. So good. Ian, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things. If you could, hang on the line for just one second. But everybody out there, we will see you next week on episode 99. He wasn't even the worst human. Ian's a nice guy. network has a brand new patreon that's right we're asking for your help and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month don't fret all your favorite shows will still be available for free as always but you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our patreon to sign for the eso network patreon's easy all you have to do is go to esopodcast.com and click on the link with your support of the eso network it's you who will reap the rewards This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.